Holy Bible hype in there. Say this out loud with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything that God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word, I believe His word, and I live by His word. Christ is my master, and to Him I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. We will read verses 24 to 43. And I'll just share some thoughts with you from this passage. Another parable he that Jesus put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced the crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then how does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herb and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Another parable he spoke to them. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitudes in parables. And without a parable, he did not speak to them. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out His angels. And they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. They'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father. He who has ears to hear, 
let him hear. Jesus often spoke to the multitude, to the crowds, in parables, in stories. To his own disciples, he spoke truth, concepts, very plainly, straight. But to the multitudes, to the crowds, he spoke in parables. What are parables? Parables are simply stories from our world that teach us about his world. They're everyday stories, stories that you and I can relate to. That teach us about his world. Parables are stories that have hidden truth in them. The truth is hidden inside the story. The problem with many people in those days was they, they connected with the story, but they didn't pursue the truth that was in the story. When you and I read parables, we must understand the story, but look for the truth that is hidden inside the story. That's what parables are for. To the disciples, he gave them concepts. He gave them truth. To the multitudes, he gave them truth hidden inside stories. So that he could get their attention. It caught their attention. They understood the story. If they were willing to pursue, they would come to know the truth. Truth about his kingdom. So here in this passage that we read this morning, there are three stories. Two of them have to do with the field. And one has to do with cooking, baking, with leaven. Or East, as we would call it in our times. And they reveal things to us about the kingdom of God. Because in all these three parables, he said, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are synonymous. The kingdom of heaven tells us about its origin. The kingdom of God tells us who is in charge. But it's the same kingdom. And in all three parables, he's teaching us about the kingdom of God. What it is and how it works and so on. And so we want to learn the truth that is hidden in these three stories. I'm just going to break it up in a way that you and I can relate to and understand. As he explains the story of the parable of the wheat and the tares, Jesus interprets it this way when his disciples ask him about it. He says, the son of man sowed good seed into the world. And then he said in verse, verse 38... Verse 37, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The son of man sows good seed in the world. The good seeds represent sons of the kingdom. Now who are sons of the kingdom? It's you and me. Amen. Now the other thing about the parable is this. The parable has truth, but it doesn't have complete truth. You've got to connect it with other parables. You've got to connect it with other scripture to put all the truth in place. It has some element of truth, but you also have to look at other parables and the rest of scripture to understand truth. So we are sons of the kingdom. We who are being born again, brought into the kingdom, brought out of darkness into light. We are sons of the kingdom. The first truth I want you to understand is that there is kingdom purpose behind every seed that the Son of Man has sown into the world. Amen. You are a good seed sown by the Son of Man into this world. There is kingdom purpose in your life. You are not an accident just somewhere waiting to happen. You are a son of the kingdom, a daughter of the kingdom, sown by purpose in that particular part of the field where you have been planted. Amen. 
So look at your world around you and understand there is kingdom purpose soaking in you. You didn't just happen to be where you are today. The Son of Man very intentionally placed you where you are in this field. There is kingdom purpose. So everything you look at around you should be seen from this perspective. There is kingdom purpose. Why I am here in Bangalore City. Why I am in this college. Why I am in this school. Why I am in this place of work. Why I am living in this residential area. There is kingdom purpose because the Son of Man intentionally sowed good seeds in the fields. The field is the world. You are that good seed. You are that son, daughter of the kingdom. Kingdom purpose. Everybody say kingdom purpose. There is kingdom purpose to your life. Amen. The second thing is this. I want us to understand there is kingdom identity. You and I, as good seeds, are called sons of the kingdom. You are a son of the kingdom. You are a daughter of the kingdom. That is your identity. Amen. That's who you are. A son of the kingdom. A daughter of the kingdom of God. Now what do we mean by the word kingdom? Kingdom simply means the king's dominion. As a son of the kingdom. As a daughter of the kingdom. It means the king's dominion is first established in you. And then through you. Amen. First the king has to have his dominion in your life. And then his dominion is extended through your life. Uh, One very important thing about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, at least in this present age, in this present time, is not a natural kingdom. It is a spiritual kingdom. A time is coming in the future when the Lord Jesus Christ will come in and set up his natural kingdom on the earth. But at this present time, the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. In Luke 17, 38, The people come to Jesus and say, okay, you're talking about this kingdom, this kingdom, this kingdom. When is this kingdom going to come? How is this kingdom going to come? And Jesus responds and says, this kingdom does not come by observation. Luke 17, 38. It does not come with pomp and fanfare. It does not come with this huge drama, with this huge procession. It does not come with observation. But the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. The kingdom of God is within you. It's a spiritual kingdom. It comes from within you. Understand that our identity is in this kingdom, the kingdom of God. Meaning our perspective on this world, our values, our culture, the principles we live by, all of them come from this higher kingdom. And this is a kingdom Jesus said is not of this world. Amen. So our identity in this world is that of a son of the kingdom, a daughter of the kingdom. Amen. We live by something higher than this world. We live by the principles of that higher kingdom. We live by the values of that kingdom. We live by that culture of that kingdom. We live by the thoughts and perspectives of that kingdom. You are a son of the kingdom. You are a daughter of that kingdom. Amen. Every kingdom has its culture. So does the kingdom of God have its own culture. And the culture of the kingdom is very different from the culture of this world. So first, kingdom purpose. Everybody say kingdom purpose. Second, there is kingdom identity. And the third thing we see here is kingdom conflict. 
the son of man sowed good seed in the ground, and then the enemy came, which is the devil, sowed bad seeds, people under his own control and influence, put them into the same ground, and notice the son of man didn't do anything about it. He didn't say, okay, come, let me put a glass case around every wheat plant that I have sown to protect them. He didn't do that. When he heard that the enemy had come and sown bad seed in his own, in his field, he said, leave them alone. Let them grow together. The point is, you and I are in the world and God has allowed it so to be for this time, this period, that we will be among the sons of the wicked. That the good seed will grow with the bad seed and God is not going to come in and put you in a glass case. Amen. Tell a neighbor, get used to conflicts. There are kingdoms in conflict and God's allowed it. The kingdom of light in conflict with kingdom of darkness. The sons of the kingdom in conflict with the sons of the wicked one. They're growing up on the same fields. And God's permitted it for this age, for this time period. Amen? So don't think it's very unnatural or something very strange that you would find yourself in conflict in the world. You are growing up amongst the tares. Your life is in the field amongst tares. And God has allowed it intentionally. But the other thing I want us to capture, which is very important, is this. That you and I must get used to being in the world. Not necessarily accustomed to its ways, but don't be afraid of being in the world. God intended it to be that way. Amen? Some people send me emails or ask me questions like, you know, I'm working for this company. They're doing everything wrong here. Nobody's good here. They worship all kinds of strange things here. Should I leave and get into ministry? Why? Just because they're doing strange things? Well, God allowed it that way. Be there. He intends for you to be there. Amen? God did not design you to isolate, God did not design us to isolate ourselves from the sons of the wicked one. We're to be in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. Be in there. But live by your true identity, by the kingdom of God. Don't be afraid to get into politics, into governments. See, government is so corrupt. Thank God for all the corruption that's being exposed. And pray that more and more of it will be exposed. But, just because the government is corrupt doesn't mean you and I shy away from it. God needs people in the government. Amen? You need to consider a career in the government. Write the exams. Pass. Get in there. Be there. Be a son of the kingdom. Be a daughter of the kingdom amongst the tares. Don't shy away from the media. We need sons of the kingdom in the media. Don't shy away from arts and entertainment. We need sons and daughters of the kingdom in sports and entertainment and and, and all of that, be there. But be true to your identity. Be a son of the kingdom. Be a daughter of the kingdom. Because if God wanted you and me to isolate ourselves from the tares, He would have done something. Created a separate nursery, take all the wheat and put them there and let the tares, tares grow. He would have done something like that. But He didn't. He said, let them grow together. Let them coexist. Even though there are kingdoms in conflict. You must be there. Amen? 
The third thing we see is kingdom influence. In the next two parables that Jesus talked about, he said, the mustard, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds. And yet when it is sown, it grows up and it, it, it spreads itself, extends its influence. Similarly, the yeast that you put in your dough, you're making a cake or something, you put a little, little, little amount of yeast, not too much, you can't eat it. But just a little yeast, you mix it into the dough. And what happens? Its influence is felt throughout the dough. You put it in the oven, the entire cake rises or whatever. What's he talking about? He's using analogies from our world to tell us that the kingdom of God, although it may be very insignificant to begin with, very small to begin with, is powerful enough to extend its influence in its environment. So let's all say kingdom influence. You are that yeast. You are that mustard seed. Amen? You are that good seed. What has God intended for you? And me, to bring kingdom influence into our environment. Amen? So that's the truth. The reason God put you where you are is so that through you, His kingdom can come. So when we say, God, thy kingdom come, it doesn't mean that, you know, something will just zip down from heaven, come into your classroom. You're sitting in a classroom, God, let your kingdom come. Especially upon my teacher. It doesn't mean that something is just going to fall down from heaven upon all your classmates and your teachers. It's not going to happen that way. That kingdom is going to come through you. Through you, the kingdom will come. The influence of God's kingdom will begin to pervade, uh, 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 pervade your classroom. You bring in the culture of the kingdom. You say, how can I do it? Do it on purpose. Do it intentionally. Your, your, your classmates or your workplace colleagues or your friends, whatever, may want may talk certain things, but you don't talk the same way. You're like, how come you're not doing that? Because my identity is different. I am a believer. So what happens? You're bringing kingdom influence into your classroom, into your workplace, into your neighborhood, amongst your colleagues. You're being the little mustard seed. So I'm the only one. It's okay. Jesus said, it's like a mustard seed. So I'm the only one. Yes, he said, you're just like the yeast. The little amount. The little amount is enough. There is more power in a little amount of yeast to influence the entire environment. Amen. The influence of the kingdom of God through you can extend it throughout your environment. It's powerful. It may be like a mustard seed. It may be like a little yeast. But the power of influence of that kingdom within you can prevail over its entire environment. Kingdom influence. Amen. Now you got to do it intentionally. I was talking to some young people here in church, Central. You know, this is Christmas time and it's a great opportunity for us, or we're approaching Christmas time, and it's a great opportunity for us to do some things intentionally to bring the message of Christmas or Christ into our workplace. Use Christmas as an excuse. Arrange a Christmas breakfast. Invite your friends there. Some of you get together, arrange a Christmas breakfast. Invite your colleagues there. Sing Christmas carols. Share the message of Christ. Give them a Bible. Give them a New Testament. Let them go to work. But do some things intentionally this Christmas to share Christ with your friends. Amen? 
That's why you are a son of the kingdom. That's why you're a daughter of the kingdom in your place of work, in your school, your college. But don't, don't just do it during Christmas time. Do it throughout the year. Kingdom influence should be going through you throughout the year. In the projects you do, in the decisions you make, in the way you lead your people, in the way you correct people. Bring in kingdom influence. Do it differently and they will realize there's something different about you. That's because you're a son and a daughter of the kingdom. Amen. You're bringing in kingdom influence. When you can affect the culture in your, in your environment, you're preparing people to be disciples for Jesus Christ. When you can affect their culture, meaning their thinking, their perspective, you're really preparing them to be har- harvested for the kingdom. Amen? You might be wondering, like, you know, hey, what difference will it make anyway? Me being, bringing kingdom influence into my classroom, into my college, into my workplace. What difference will it make? When you bring in the kingdom culture there, when you're affecting culture there, what you're really doing is you're preparing those people to be harvested for the kingdom of God. So don't think your presence there is of no value. In fact, if you're not bringing kingdom influence, you could, be very, you could become a big hindrance for the kingdom of God. I mean, how many people you've met who said, Christian, like them? No, I don't want to become like them. It has a negative effect. So they act, we've actually become a stumbling block from them being brought into the kingdom. But let's turn that around. Let's have kingdom influence. Preparing people to be harvested for the kingdom of God. The last thing is this that we see here is that there is kingdom triumph. His kingdom is a prevailing kingdom. It prevails. Even though the wheat and the tares grow up, the wheat win. Amen. Even though the the leaven is so small, it prevails over its environment. Even though the mustard seed is so small, it prevails over its environment. The kingdom of God within you is a triumphant kingdom. It's a kingdom that will prevail over everything that's around it. Amen. I had some young people ask me, you know, my roommate is a Hindu. She has all these idols or he has all these idols, does all this puja. I'm feeling scared. What is inside you? The king of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is within you. Amen. And it is a triumphant kingdom. It is a kingdom that's more powerful than everything that's around it. Why are you afraid? If anything, that person should be afraid. I have a Christian as my roommate. I'm afraid if I'll also become Christian. Unfortunately, it happens the other way. Christians are afraid. Wake up. The kingdom of God is within you. It's a triumphant kingdom. It's a prevailing kingdom. The Bible says greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Wake up. The king of the kingdom is within you. So if I walk in the temple, will I get demon possessed? Excuse me, what difference is making inside the temple or outside the temple? The devil's everywhere. I'm not saying go into the temple unnecessarily, but I'm saying is, Why have these kinds of fears? You are a son of the kingdom. There are devils inside the temple, outside the temple, everywhere. Amen? The kingdom of God is within you. And that kingdom is a prevailing kingdom. It's a powerful kingdom. 
So much so, the Bible says that you and I are seated with Him in heavenly places. At the Father's right hands. I mean, that's your position as a son and a daughter of the kingdom. You're in this world, but in the Spirit, you're seated at the right hand of God. You've got authority that you don't realize that you and I should start walking in. Amen? It's a prevailing kingdom. Let's walk with that kind of confidence in this world. The kingdom of God is within me. The king's rule and dominion is coming out through me. The reason I'm here in this world is so that not only can he rule in me, but he can rule through me. So whenever I confront, whenever you confront anything that is not in line with this kingdom, you and I have a right to pray, Father, in this situation, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We can bring in the kingdom, usher in the kingdom. It's a triumphant kingdom. It's a prevailing kingdom. Amen. I want you to see your place in this world full of kingdom purpose. Wherever you are right now, there is kingdom purpose to it. See it. You have identity of the kingdom of God. You're a son and daughter of the kingdom of God. It's put you there with purpose. And your identity comes from the kingdom. You live by the kingdom of God. To bring in kingdom influence. Through whatever you do. Bring kingdom influence in. And it's a kingdom that will prevail. Amen. You say, well the people around me who are doing all kinds of things against me. They're trying to put me down. They're so corrupt. They're scheming things against me. Listen. The kingdom inside you is more powerful. It's a triumphant kingdom. If you will stay true to it. You will come through victorious. Doesn't matter what the sons of the, sons of the kingdom scheme against you. Uh, sons of the wicked ones scheme against you. Doesn't matter what the kingdom of darkness tries against the kingdom of light. The kingdom of light always prevails. Amen. Stay true to that kingdom. Seek for ways by which you can bring the influence of the kingdom of God wherever you've been planted. Bring it in. Let his kingdom come. Let his will be done. Would you please take a few moments to pray? Just asking God for His kingdom to be established in you and through you. Let everything in me be in submission to the King. Let His domain, let His dominion be established in me. And let His kingdom come through me. Let His rule and reign be extended through me. Right where I've been planted. Would you take a few moments to pray? Identify, realize that you have kingdom purpose right where you're planted. Your identity is not from this world. It's not from your accomplishments. It's not from the trophies you won. It's neither, neither is it from the accolades of man. Your identity comes from the kingdom. You are a son of the kingdom. You're a daughter of the kingdom. There will be kingdom conflicts. The theories of man will oppose the truth of God. But you've got to choose to embrace the truth and despise the theories of man. We do not live by the theories of man. We live by the truth of God's word. There will be kingdoms in conflict. God's permitted it that way for this time. Let, let, let none of us make the mistake of living by the 
kingdom of this world when really we are to live by the kingdom of God. Fourthly, would you pray that you will bring kingdom influence into your words? Through your words, through your deeds, let his kingdom come. God's kingdom does not come in great pomp and fanfare, but his kingdom comes through his people, through the sons and daughters of his kingdom, through you and through me. Would you pray that God, that I will bring kingdom influence right where you placed me, that I'll affect the culture around me, I will challenge the norm, I will challenge the accepted standards and live by the higher principles of the kingdom of God. And this morning, would you and I take assurance that the kingdom within us is greater than the kingdom around us. The kingdom of light within you is greater than the kingdom of darkness outside you. The king who is in you is greater than the devil in the world. This is a prevailing kingdom. This is a triumphant kingdom. No matter what the adversary attempts against you, if you will stay true to the kingdom, you will prevail. You will prevail. Father, we just pray. That your kingdom will come, Lord. That your kingdom will fill our hearts, our lives. And that through us, God. Your kingdom will be established. Through each one, God, let your kingdom extend. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. That you will raise up young men, young women in this place. Through whom your kingdom will come in our city, God. In the corporate offices, in the educational institutions, in the government offices, that the, your kingdom will come. The influence of your kingdom, just by their lifestyle, just by what they say and do. Your kingdom will come. And we will truly be sons and daughters of your kingdom in our world. Come, Lord, do a great work in us and do a great work through us, we pray. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's get ready to close, please. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and lift up His countenance on you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.